Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We've had a couple weeks break, but there's plenty of European rugby news and we're looking forward to the women's game in the Six Nations getting back underway. But first things first, guys, breaking news. The wait is over. The URC trophy has finally been announced. Matt, how are you feeling about what they're calling the array? Can you sort of describe a wee bit more about what array means? Well, I, I absolutely can. I can I can take it from the horse's mouth. The array's bold outline is created by joining together four U-shaped arms in a nod to the four regional shields. The, the Obviously, the Scottish-Italian shield being the one that we care about the most. But what, what I love about the array is that it creates eight <laughs> robust handles and invites the trophy to be held by a group. So the message of teamwork is placed at the heart of um, on-field celebrations. Alan, is that a message that you can get on board with? Love the idea. It's like people who lifting trophies are like, still glad there's another, ha- another few handles here that we can all <laughs> lift this together as one. Yeah, felt quite disenfranchised by there only being two handles. So, <laughs> Guys, I've actually gone a bit further down the press release. The materials and appearance of the trophy are a tribute to the blend of power and finesse that is witnessed on the field. How much of Rock Nation been paid for this like script? I was just thinking, which artist amongst the Rock Nation roster do you think is mostly sort of <laughs> responsible for this? Alicia Keys, Fat Joe. Do they mention the fluorescent light at all? Um, I'm just going down. They do talk about, which obviously we're all talking about, is that the outer arms have a burnt industrial quality <laughs> that represent <laughs> the physicality and raw power of the game. What are you talking about? Burnt industrial. 
It's got a burning dust. Well, obviously, it's got a burning industrial quality. This is just like it's just like how to overthink something like beyond belief. I wonder how much they've paid for. I mean, presumably they sort of outsource the design to, and, and the copy to some sort of agency. Why? Just why? <laughs> it's you it's could... truly the greatest press release I've ever read in my life. And I've read a lot of marketing stuff. <laughs> this, this surpasses Edinburgh's reband by like tenfold. What meeting do you think it was where they're like, do we include the fluorescent light or not? Do we like add that? Does the Is the fluorescent light real or is it just from the video? I would be upset if they'd put it in the video and didn't then have it. Do you imagine just like in the damn hell, <laughs> just like Christine lifts it and just like the light shines out. Feel, feels like like those guys that like really love their cars and they have like a sort of like, you know, <laughs> they, yeah. have, they have like the LED like underneath yeah. and they're like parked up in like the Tesco's car park. A bit like a lava lamp. Just like It does look a bit like a lava lamp. <laughs> it's presumably the idea that when they present the trophy, the lights will be dimmed in the stadium, and then like I don't know, a firework will go off or something, and then the trophy will. Yeah. I, that's the only reason. To the side that's got like the button that like turns on the light. <laughs> I think it was done by This Away, who are obviously an agency. It says This Away, who led the URC rebrand, steered the design brief for a contemporary restyle of a traditional cup that represents the boldness and the diversity of the URC. There you go. I can't, I, yeah. Can't, can't judge a man for making an honest living, all right? <laughs> fair play. I mean, good for them. The, apparently, the silversmiths that made it, to be fair, made the FA Cup, the William Webb Ellis Trophy, and the Ryder Cup. So that's actually three great cups. Why have they decided to make a really bad one, then? The rest are just normal, like, they actually <laughs> quite, like, beautiful trophies, I'd say. Actually, all Iconic. three of them, like, yeah, FA they're Cup, really classic. Good. They're, they're all classic, really simple. actually. Fat Joe was over Zoom just giving his designs... <laughs> And he's like, add the light, add the light. Don't worry about it. Just add that in. He's like, yeah. Have you ever thought about putting an LED on the Ryder Cup? <laughs> anyway, we will put the link to that press release from the URC for the new cup in uh, the show notes so you guys can read it in its full. It is unbelievable. But Edinburgh and Glasgow are back in action for the URC and are both looking good. And we'll come on to that later in the uh podcast but i think we'll probably start with europe a very very successful weekend in europe for uh the scottish teams um not a sentence that we have the joy of saying very very often let's start with edinburgh with what a lot of people are calling a sort of like you know a, a signature win for mike blair's team downing bath um in edinburgh sorry yeah, so downing down, they bath. downed Bath. I thought you said down ah, in Bath. Yeah, the, oh no, sorry. I, I down, down in yeah, no, no, no. Downing Bath. That's actually given me because I didn't have the numbers in front of me. So your <laughs> interventions <laughs> actually helped me. <laughs> downing Bath, forty-one points to nineteen at the Dam Health um, Stadium, and sort of setting themselves up with a home quarterfinal against Wasps. I mean, Matt. Th- it was very close until halftime. Bath went in up at halftime. And then that second 40 from Edinburgh in particular, you know, how much sort of hope or, I guess, does that show the prog- the progression that Edinburgh have made? Yeah, well, I, th- I think we we talked at various points this season about how Edinburgh have sort of surpassed expectations this year. But p- potentially a, a, a lot of their good results have come against 
relatively weaker opposition and when they've maybe faced the Irish teams they haven't done that well and I, I actually think although Bath have been struggling in the Premiership this season I'd say in recent months they've come on come on to a decent bit of form and they were able to put out like a, a pretty strong team and I think the fact that it was so close at half time and the Edinburgh managed to pull through so strongly is, is kind of like a really good test of this Mike Blair team um and and once again it's it, it just seems as if like being in the damn health with a decent crowd they're playing good rugby scoring a lot of tries like the the vibe is just really really I, I positive think, at the moment i think just on that point before you jump in on that was a sold out damn health which is like what seven thousand people like previously that game would have played out maybe you'd get ten thousand, but you'd mm. be sitting in sixty five thousand seats of murrayfield yeah it is just, it's a huge, like, it feels that that has come at the right time for this, like, Edinburgh team. Do you think you might have been suckered in by, like, the Edinburgh hype? The Edinburgh ba- hype Bath train is Bath are bottom of the Premiership. Uh, y- yes, but as I say, I think they've got better. And I think you look at that Bath team, and they've struggled, but it's still, like, a good, good team. No, no, it is, for sure. But having seen the Bath team in a coffee shop in edinburgh on saturday morning and the size of orlando bailey and the glanville i thought i think edinburgh might, might win this I just which feel coffee like shop uh artisan roast on broughton street uh no the one in comley bank oh nice yeah they were just having like a classic rugby like coffees <laughs> with the lads <laughs> yeah as we we're just saying i just don't know how they got there what hotel are they staying in that they end up in the Arzan Rose and Comley Bank. We're going and a little the bit. Is, yeah, the, yeah, but the Prince of but, Comley Bank speaks. But they, yeah. they <laughs> but they left, and it wasn't like they were getting in a, an Uber to go back to close to the stadium. They must so. be staying in the Raven. They, they went left out of the coffee shop <laughs> rather than right. But you're really keeping it keeping yeah, an eye yeah. on them, weren't you? Um, Do you think they just Googled best coffee Edinburgh? Artisan roast is coming up in that. Walk from the Cowgate to Comley Bank to just get that <laughs> sweet, sweet yeah. coffee. But sorry, going back to your original question, I think still a bad team that can, in their pack have Underhill, Falatau, Bayless, Yules, Dunn, Stewart. Like that's a, that's a good team. Yeah, and I think you know where you would have maybe said this season so far is Edinburgh's backs that have really shone. The, the way they managed to match them in the second half and the, and the way that people like Schumann were like absolutely killing people in the second half. I don't know. I'm just trying to stay positive, man. No, I agree. I think you said Schumann, Kinghorn, Lang, Muncaster, Buffelli, a lot of like those big names mm. stood up and quite, I know it's like a round of 16, but match where they people were expecting to sort of stand up and have a big game and they all played relatively well i just and think that edinburgh's pr is so hot right now and glasgow's <laughs> pr is so bad yeah like someone glasgow yeah. need someone to come in and just be like we're actually not terrible we're actually third in the urc and specifically yeah, danny yeah. wilson needs a personal pr agency because like <laughs> they're second and everyone's like how shit's danny wilson <laughs> Yeah. Including us a little bit, probably. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's reasons for that, which we'll come on to with the, yeah. with the Glasgow yeah. game. But but if we if we can stick with Edinburgh, I mean, obviously Wasps coming up coming up the roads in, in May. 
But he talks about that sort of not quite the spine of the team, but you know those key performances. How far, Matt, do you think Edinburgh can hope to go in this Challenge Cup? Well, yeah, Wasp was the next game, which I I think at home isn't too dissimilar a challenge to the Bath game. Yeah, agreed. so I think they've got a pretty good good chance. Um, and then the next game would be potentially Glasgow, Leon or Glasgow, Leon or Glasgow. And I, I'm not sure where that would be played. It's in Leon. It's in Leon. Yeah, yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. So in Leon. Oh no! Oh, no sorry, sorry, sorry. The semi. As in Glasgow, played. I think the semi would also be played in Leon because Leon are number one seeds. I think I think Leon are third in the. Yeah. They're seventh. I thought they were third in the. <laughs> oh, they're seventh. They're All right. Seventh. Well, I made that up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know where I made that up from. Um. Well, one, yeah, that's winnable then. I think. So they do have quite a sweet backline, to be fair. The SRU absolutely rubbing their hands at an Edinburgh Glasgow semi. Mm. Oh, but mate, then there'd be you can't have another game to unite the city. So would that, that be that would ruin the no, final no, no, chapter? That, that would ruin the final chapter. That's true. <laughs> but that would be the second final chapter. <laughs> that'd be the that'd final be, chapter, yeah. and then like the afterwards. It's like the final, like that final Harry Potter book. We'd have to break it up into part one and part two, because I think it would come before the last eighteen seventy two <laughs> cup game. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be really great if they somehow managed to do final chapter part but one and part two. <laughs> but he's saying that if Edinburgh and Glasgow met, would that be where would that be played? I think we played at Scotland actually. I think Surely the yeah, SRU are putting a massive bid to put that in the big house. Yeah, I think because a lot of these times, if Glasgow beat Leon as the first seed, they then default get oh, they become a higher seeded team off the back right. of it. Um, but no. No, to, to go back to your original question, I think yeah. Edinburgh, like whether it's the PR or not, like seem to be on a bit of a roll at the moment, and I, guess, I don't I, think even like going away to Leon, it's a tough, tough game, like no doubt about it. But the one thing with Wasp is they don't really have much to play for in the Prem. They're not going to make top four. Yes, but I still think that like best Wasp team isn't that good. Like they've got some yeah. star players, but. I think overall it's it's still not that great. Yeah. And that Velicott, Kinghorn, Lang little trio. Yeah. Yeah. Just the Lang pullback passes. I was going to say, let's talk about James Lang in particular because I think yeah. he's one of those sort of characters. He's got, what, like three or four Scotland caps? And every time he gets named at 12 for Scotland, everyone's a bit like, oh, fuck. It's James Lang again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, is he sort of finding his role at Edinburgh within this sort of setup? Like, obviously, one of these performances, that's basically two pullback passes for Kinghorn on that arcing Yeah, loop. yeah. Mm. Christine could do that. But. Oh my God, could Christine do that? <laughs> <laughs> but I think maybe, like, initially when Lang came into the Scotland setup, the the idea of James Lang was really great. Like, everyone's crying out for a ball yeah. playing 12 who can also... Um, they got a decent boot on him. And he's yeah. played a lot of 10. But then, for whatever reason, when he played for Scotland, it seemed as if that he just wasn't able to show that side of his game. He ended up being almost like, he's like I remember him like hitting it up. Yeah, he was like a kind a of crash ball centre, which seemed a complete waste. But this year, clearly given that like second playmaker role and a good relationship with Kinghorn, like things are things are working that axis and it does seem like they've settled on him and him and Bennett as the sort of starting mm. center combo 
Benzo. Which, which again, they 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 do have a very. <laughs> is that is that? That's what, what Edinburgh are calling him. They're Benzo. calling him Benzo. Benzo. Yeah. So BK10, obviously. BK10, Langers, and Benzo. Langers and Benzo. Yeah. Benzo go. not like a um, ping killer. That's what I, like, that's, I always think Benzo diazepam. It's like a yeah, exactly. It's like but, a uh, Post really Malone. Strong. Post Malone sings about it in one of his. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about that. That sounds a bit. Everything depending on pop- the benzo. That's that's <laughs> one of the lyrics in one of his songs. Everything depending on the benzo is a really good. Edinburgh could use that as like his try scoring thing. I'm sure, he can be leveraging sort of like painkillers. Oh, he just says post Malone. No, <laughs> no, yeah. the difference. Right? Get rid of damn health and make it the Sackler <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> the Sackler Stadium at Murrayfield. <laughs> um, but no, and then obviously Buffelli is just. He's too good for Edinburgh. Yeah, to be fair, I, I was a little bit... That's the sort of statement unsh- that makes everyone love us. Yeah, I was unsure. I think he, he come from Racing. I was I unsure, mean, and, and you were calling him big time at the start, and he's he's unbelievable. And so is um, Mojano as well. He's a bit of a ghoul, though. In a rugby context, what do you mean? He's just like a bit of a donkey. Like, he's not... Buffelli's clearly like a bit of he can like a bit of a ball he's player. Class, yeah, he's like class. he like Moyen is just like a quick, hard working yeah. winger. Whereas Buffelli I think brings a little bit more to his game. Yeah, I'm not saying they're the same kind of no, player. No, no, no. But I think Mojano probably from a point where like no one really knew who he was. Is it Mojano? Really I, I was gonna say I've never known how to pronounce it's, that. It's Mojano. Mojano. It like, really I've, looks I've like Moyano. That some, Moyano. Yeah, that's how it's spelled, right? I yeah, I get that. I would always say Miano. Yeah. But the commentators call him Mojano, so Fair enough. Fair. But and also right at the heart of that, we've kind of skipped over it because we've talked like the amount of airtime that Blair Kinghorn gets is huge. But it was another big performance from Blair Kinghorn. Take yeah. that, haters. You know, like is he give him another year? Is he starting to bridge that gap as Scotland's next ten, or are you still it's, it's relatively not a big match. unconvinced? It's not a big match, though. In the grand scheme of Edinburgh this season, mm. Kinghorn at 10, that's not the big game. Edinburgh this season, knockout rugby. Round of 16, Europe. Challenge Cup. Like, well, I understand that. You're only playing what's in front of you. You do All right, that- right Alistair Reid. <laughs> you do that away to Leon in the semi-finals, or you do that in knockout rugby, then... But I, again, I, I, I want to see it. I'd, lo- yeah. I'd love to see Kinghorn think- deliver that performance, that second-half performance, yeah. or just general performance... In a big match, the Langpool, the Langpool back to Kinghorn is going to become the Johnny Sexton wrap around mm. for Ireland. I'd love to see it. That's going to be the iconic move. But it's it's easy to do it in the dam on a Saturday night against Bath. <laughs> Can you do it on a cold night at the sports ground? Yeah, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Ulster away semi-finals of the yeah. Can you URC. do it at the Kingspan? Yeah. How much do you care about the aura? Is that aura? The the, the trophy. Oh god! No, the, the, array, the, array. the array, the array, the array. <laughs> how much? I was like, you, how much do you going? want the yeah. array? Um, I still think you know that's that's still TBC, right? I think he has surpassed expectations massively, one hundred percent. But I still think, despite that, it, it doesn't that that doesn't mean that he should be a standoff. If you get me. I like more I think, than ever think he should think, be 12, but yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> but I think if Edinburgh didn't have Buffetti, which is all pretty last minute, yeah, 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 you'd probably be like, he would be not maybe not as good as Buffetti, but a very good standoff. And I think Buffetti 
kicking takes mm. pressure off as well. Yeah, yeah, true, for sure. True. Um, I mean, Kinghorn couldn't get that kick against Ireland that was like in front of the post. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> tough though. <laughs> Jacko at 15 for this weekend. I know we're skipping ahead. Interesting that they're clearly like trying to get him in. Van der Vaart. Van der Vaart, yeah. But keep Blair at 10, mm. even for sort of the Zebra match. Yeah, so Edinburgh welcoming Zebra to the dam on... Is it Friday night or is it Saturday night? Friday night. It's mm. Friday night at the dam. I mean, yeah, it, it is interesting. I think Jacko came he came on at 15 in the bath game. Yeah. Yeah. He and set, he set, set up, up he set up the second Buffelli try, was yeah. it? Yeah. With a quite nice pass actually. Great pass. A really great pass. The, the owl against Zebra. It's an in, it's an the interesting owl against the Zebras. It is an interesting team, but I mean Edinburgh sitting, where are they? Sixth or seventh in the URC? Seventh, I think. Off the top of my head. So they Edinburgh got three games to go. They've got Zebra. They've got to get five points this match. Ulster. Ulster. Se- then, seventh place. And then Glasgow. Glasgow. All at home. So based on what we saw from Zebra against Glasgow like two weeks ago, this has got to be five points for Edinburgh. And if you look at that team, the fact that, like, bless him, the owl. We love Freddie Owsley, but, like, you know, if this was Leinster or if this was Ulster, if this was Connacht, that's mm. probably not the team that Mike Blair would be picking, right? No. So, you know, you've got to be thinking Edinburgh looking at this as a five-pointer. The Owls come off his savage red card at the Melrose Sevens. Yeah. <laughs> Felt so bad for him. <laughs> seems like, so, seems like, like such a nice guy. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Moncaster still getting his run. Moncaster's in a really lovely playing a lot. Late charge for 2023 World Cup, Moncaster. Love it. He's going to be in the extended squad. I think so. I'm loving Connor Boyle as well. I know he's like, he's not. Connor Boyle's class. He's not quite. I don't know what. He's obviously on the bench. Like, Edinburgh have got like unbelievable amounts of quality in their back row. Yeah, I know. Like, it's like, why can we not produce other players? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a Moncaster, Darge, Richie back row that I'd like to see in the summer. Oh, mm. Moncaster, I mean, he's been a little bit on the radar, but the last month or two, he has properly yeah. stood up. He's, and he's so comfortable. He's an absolute mm. unit. Yeah. He's quick. He's got that headband as well. It's just like, yeah. means business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice brand. What's going on in North Berwick? Just a lot of a lot of people <laughs> coming out of North Berwick. I know. A lot of players. Like, more, more people come out of North Berwick than majority of the private schools, I would say. They seem to just be able to produce. Yeah. I'm trying but. to think who in that Edinburgh team at the moment. Christine, Cammy Hutchinson, obviously Moncaster. Yeah. For a tiny, tiny place with like a pretty small rugby it, team. The number one place to live in Scotland. Actually, no, Butte <laughs> is Butte the, according to Butte. The, yeah. I, the Isle of Butte. North Berwick was definitely beforehand, though. I, I, yeah, Berwick was before, and I think it was on like... Maybe it's the, just the quality of life. I it just like creates great rugby players. <laughs> North Berwick was on like the secondary list. Yes, it was. With um, you, To be fair to Argyle of Butte, it is within 90 minutes of Glasgow. <laughs> Imagine commuting to work from the Isle of Butte. Let's, let's not, let's yeah, not. Yeah. We How are we, really chasing down we like a there? weird rabbit hole there. Um, but yeah, should be Edinburgh five points. Yeah. U- ultimately, they've got to be, I think they should be taking Ulster at home as well. Yeah. Um, Ulster, good side though this year. And now they've been But it's a big test. That's the most interesting fixture of mm. Edinburgh's last three. Yeah. Like we kind, Edinburgh and Glasgow are kind of nip and tuck. Glasgow yeah. beat them at Scottsdale. 
they're coming back through to the dam. Maybe mm. Edinburgh have got the upper hand there. That's a real moment. If you talk about big games, you want Blair Kinghorn to play well. 100%. And put his marker down against Ulster. And as you said, now that Ulster are out the Champions Cup, like, whilst obviously McFarlane's done well at Ulster, he's not won anything. Yeah, they want to win something. Like, they, he needs to win something quite... If he wants the Scotland job in 2023. 100%. <laughs> um, so what we're saying is, against Ulster, it's going to be Charlie Savala at 10. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Savala, Curry, Hutchison. Paragos so, at nine. Paragos but the Al- that's also, that's the McFarlane, Petrie, Grant. Roddy Grant, all the all the guys coming home. There is a world where Ulster win like the URC this year and then win the Champions Cup next year and there's a full like Petrie and his CEO. <laughs> McFarlane is Scotland coach. Yeah. Roddy mm. Grant is like... if, if the they, coach, that, yeah. There is a narrative there where if they get the wins... I mean, sounds pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I t- the Ulster team, I just don't know if they're quite, just from the, the very few matches I've watched, I'm just not sure they're quite. For Malin's like an absolute beast, but he's clearly like so unfit. I think it was the young guys for Ulster that are yeah. their more impressive bunch, but. Should we talk about Glasgow? Yeah, I feel like we, we, we were veer, veering into being, being an Irish rugby player. Yeah. To your point yeah. earlier. That is the game where Blair Kinghorn, the sort of game yeah, needs where Blair up. Kinghorn needs to have that big match. Yeah, absolutely. So we're expecting five points from Edinburgh at uh, the weekend, but let's. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Look at uh, Glasgow in Europe, beating Newcastle Falcons on the road 27-17. And as we were kind of touching on there, and I think we tweeted about it this week, you know, the prevailing narrative of Scottish rugby at the moment is that Edinburgh are the coming team. You know, they are the best team in Scotland. They're making huge amounts of tries. But Glasgow's sitting pretty third in the URC, same as same as um, Edinburgh. They're into the quarterfinals mm. of the Challenge Cup. And this was a decent win on the road against, you know, solid, not solid, but not remarkable premiership opposition. Yeah. But but I think that the performance in some ways like encapsulated the whole season that Glasgow played some really good rugby at points and that was mainly driven by their sort of really high quality players like 
Price. Johnny Matthews. Mackay. <laughs> Johnny Matthews is joint top try scorer in the season now for Glasgow. Yeah. So well, good. When's Johnny Matthews but starting for Scotland? He'll get a cap. Or he'll, he'll, he'll win the summer, I, summer tour. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But your, your Mackays, two Palutus, yeah. Stain, when, when you can get them into the game, um, uh, they, they make stuff happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then for the rest of the game, I actually don't think Glasgow played that well. And I think that's the frustration this season, that if Glasgow were playing to their absolute full potential and like getting the best out of those players from a sort of um, attacking structure, defensive yeah. structure, strategy point of view, then, you know, they could be even higher in the league. And I, I, look, we're the third in the league, right? You can't complain too much. But I still think that there's a sense that th- there's a really, the sort of streak of inconsistency in, in Glasgow that maybe indicates like wider issues with with Wilson and, and his team. Well, that's the thing is that you look at them third in the URC, they threw away, what was it, 14 points against Cardiff? Mm. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. also lost to Benetton away. Now, Benetton aren't the pushover that Zebra are, but again, from a winning position. So Glasgow could have eight more points. Yeah. Like, realistically. It, it and does, I guess that's the things that stick in your mind, right? It does feel like maybe Blair is getting more out of that Edinburgh team than Wilson is out of that Glasgow. I think when you mm. look at moments, especially that extra match, yeah, that that Glasgow team does have big performances in it. Yeah, and especially that sort of backline when they get some quick ball is top two. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. in mm-hmm. the URC yeah. behind Leinster, right? Yeah. Um. But no, it's. I mean, I mean, it's stormers and bulls away. It's a big, big sort of two week mm. period for them in terms of how they sort of define the rest of the season, right? Like, if they can get a home playoff sort of yeah. through all the way through to the final, I, I could see them up there. Yeah, this is the thing. I still think they have the ability to win those big games, just because they do. Yeah. You look at the you look at the team that they've named for the. Stormers match this weekend, like it's really good. It, it's just there is a sense that he's, uh, Danny Wilson, that is, isn't getting everything out of that side uh, or as much as he could. A few interesting selections of the match Johnny Matthews again, starting ahead of Turner. Yeah, obviously. He, they're just like, Turner, you're better off the bench. Matthews. Johnny Matthews is a guaranteed five points. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he, he scores when he wants. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I can, although I, I would like to see Turner starting, I could see him, I could see the logic behind that yeah. as, a, as a replacement. Miller ahead of Wilson and Tom Gordon? Is, is Miller, start, uh, Miller, yeah, Miller starting? Yeah, Miller, Miller, Dodge, Dempsey in the back row. With Gordon on the bench, Wilson not in the 23, but is in South Africa. Bit more heft. Guess quick. Rotation. That kind of speaks to me. I don't I, know. I feel like... You've got to put your full full team out though, and I, I guess looking into the back line as well, you got you know a lot of the, a lot of the people you would expect like Ali Price and Ross Thompson at nine and ten, and you know Johnson Tuipulotu in the in the centres that you would expect. But Ollie Smith at fifteen, Alan Im- been impressed by him, massively impressed. I think you know he's clearly like paid his dues in sort of Scotland club rugby ecosystem, and I think 
all the matches he's played for Glasgow this year, which have been relatively few, he's looked super, super comfortable. Yeah. And I think when you compare him to, like, I think Rufus McLean's injured. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Move Josh Mackay to the wing. Shove him at fullback. I do have a soft spot for Cole Forbes. Yeah. I'm not quite sure whether... You just Cole like Forbes him because he's really... He's, kiwi. He's so yeah. kiwi. He's so kiwi. Yeah. Like, he's so bogan kiwi. And I've just got <laughs> such a soft spot for that. Is he from Southland? Because that's, you know, your, I actually your think, spiritual home. I think he might be more sort of like Waikato, actually, for some reason. But, but if you look at that, you talk about like squad rotation. They've got two big games, Stormers, then the Bulls. But you look at that bench that they're putting out. Aside from Cole Forbes, who's trained with Scotland, they're all Scotland internationals. Yeah. Can you not say that of like every single Glasgow selection ever? You probably <laughs> Edinburgh, or basically or every Edinburgh or Scotland. I actually, like. I agree with your point, but look, come on! I very rarely make good rugby points <laughs> on this point, you know. But like Turner, Batty, Bergen, it's it's hard to be a professional player in Scotland and not be a Scottish internationalist. Though. That's true, and we should do a quiz on <laughs> people with like who haven't people with like. Thirty or more Edinburgh Glasgow caps that haven't been that haven't yeah, been Yeah, well, you know who's top of that list? Sweet Prince, Sweet Prince, and Roddy Grant. Yeah, that that that's quite brutal. It's an it's an absolute joke that Christine's not had like a summer tour to Canada. They've got to give they've like got to give them chili in the summer. Just got, get. I don't think they will though. They, they definitely won't. No. The swan song. <laughs> Curry, Matt Curry's Curry. just going to be waving to him from. <laughs> Like Santiago. From, from Santiago. Be in Santiago, just living the dream. Oh. It's uh, no, it's tough. It is tough. But yeah, there is definitely. I think to your point, who are like the fifty-plus cap Scotland club rugby legends who don't have a Scotland rugby cap? And I think yeah. it's it's a small bucket. Yeah. Mm. Mark Robert- answers on a answers on a postcard. I think Mark Robertson. Think you got enough? It's a good shot. Um. I feel like we may be devaluing our conversation on Glasgow by going yeah. down that particular rabbit hole. But you know, but they've they've sent a a really strong squad, I'd say. Like, yeah, pretty clean bill of health. So I think on paper, it's a good test better than Stormers. It's difficult to tell because Stormers come over to to the UK and and kind of don't look that great, but. All the South African sides have, have been pretty good at home. South African sides have been definitely better than I thought they would be. Yeah, 100%. They, they've sort of like, for me, they've sort of like snuck up on this whole championship because like the first half, we basically didn't see them. Yeah. And you, they were sort of languishing down the bottom, but that was only because basically they weren't paying any fixtures. Mm. But now if and you waiting to them, play any home games. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's too like, proper test of this but if you look at the Sto- Stormers sitting in fifth and the Bulls sitting in eighth you know played 15 they've both like Bulls have won eight Stormers have won nine like it's the same it's the same record as Edinburgh mm. yeah, yeah yeah Glasgow have won ten fair play but you know it's it, it's, it's nip and tuck in the middle of that mm. um, in the middle of that the, the sort of the conference I think the big, big thing with Glasgow is just price getting some form back yeah and it, I think in moments against Newcastle he was he, he yeah. looked pretty sharp got a new sweet Castor deal I saw the Castor deal yeah individual Castor deal what is what, the, the oil company no, what's the, Castor the, 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 the clothing um, brand they sponsor the like brand. Newcastle Rangers 
as a Newcastle United fan, I know that everyone in Newcastle hates Castor. Oh, really? Yeah, I think they're overpriced and rubbish. Are they? All right. But uh, I think Andy Murray's an investor. So it's actually sacrilege to talk about Castor like that. But but no, you sort of gain a bit of form back after having Mm. quite a budget post-Lions club and international. Not terrible. Inconsistent. Yeah, but he was looking really sharp against Newcastle. So what do you reckon? One win from South Africa is a successful trip? Get out of five points. Yeah. Yeah. Win one. I think if they win one, they're like guaranteed top eight, right? Mm. I think they're... They're pretty much guaranteed top eight anyway. Win two and you're sort of guaranteed top four. Yeah. Mm. That's what the aim's got to be. So win two, no, two out of three. Two out of three, Stormers, Bulls, Edinburgh. And I don't understand the permutations, but you have the Shields as well. Who, who's on track to if win you, the Shields? If you win your Shields, you're guaranteed playoffs. Or if you win your country, you're guaranteed playoff or something like that. Yeah, but I think we're, shield, we're the yeah. only one that doesn't have like a shield to ourselves. So I think if whoever wins the and Italian, Italy. yeah. So we're there's two Italians too. Whereas okay. Ireland, whereas South Africa, Ireland, and Wales have a shield to themselves. To as each a country. Four. Yeah, yeah. If okay. you win that, you're guaranteed. Yeah. I, th- I guess there might be some way in which you could do that, but not be in the top eight. That's what I was kind of thinking. But yeah, it's essentially like not. Yeah, maybe that's not. I imagine there's mathematical ways, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, the top eight that goes through, provided that also the top four of the shields go through. Yeah, sure. So I mean, I don't, I don't have the maths in front of me. I've got no idea. But just go on Kevin Miller's Twitter, and he'll. I'm I think sure if both sides you. win two out of three, they'll be solid, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Glasgow, yeah, yeah, Glasgow yeah. will make it no matter what. If they win two out of three, they have home quarter, maybe home semi. And I think if Glasgow beat the Stormers and Edinburgh, you know, if Edinburgh don't get five points against Zebra, that's a terrible start day at the office. Mm. Yeah, 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 that's a really bad result for them. You know, then that then Edinburgh would leapfrog the Stormers into sort of fifth. Yeah, you start to look solid in that yeah. top eight. Yeah, one of the Edin- one of the Scottish teams has to take a knee to get both of them into the <laughs> knockouts in the, in the eighteen seventy two Cup. It, it, it is an interesting point around. I think obviously Scarlets as the top Welsh side, although being in ninth, will yeah. ultimately automatically make the playoffs, mm. which makes a big difference in terms of Edinburgh's ability to. Um, yeah, so challenge. they they need a buffer. Ultimately, they just have to beat Zebra by five points. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, whilst obviously it feels like top eight is actually top seven because of how the Welsh teams have performed. Yeah. Because there's no Welsh teams in the yeah, top yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute garbage. Cardiff in 14th, Dragons in 15th, Scarlet's 9th, Osprey's 11th. I remember when, like, Dragons were, like, Dean Ryan's in. They're getting, like, all these players in. And it was like, all right, the Dragons are back. Literally worse than ever. Yeah. So. Feels a lot like sort of early stage, like, Scottish borders, where they're just like, let's get a lot of, like, the older professionals to go down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything will be fine. But no, but I'm feeling good. I think I think Glasgow could do quite quite well against the Stormers actually. Mm. Potentially, yeah. If you get, they've got a team that I think set up for quite open rugby. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, so we will see how they get on at the weekend. Obviously, Edinburgh, you've got to give us five points. Glasgow, 
get five out of five out of the next two, and we will be happy. I think the the other thing that we need to talk about before we, before we nip off in this sort of like it's a little bit of an in betweener sort of pod um, at the moment. But the women back in action in the Six Nations against Italy this weekend. Matt, is it too much to say that this is a bit of a must win? Is this the wooden spoon sort of decider? It it probably is. So Scotland are in fifth at the moment. Italy because Scotland got a bonus point against Wales. Wales, yeah. Um, and probably should have won that game. Yeah, definitely. But Italy are in sixth because they've yeah lost three but haven't managed to pick up any bonus points. So it it yeah it ultimately is I think. Um, but it's you know it I think if you it's it's not the same as the the men's game. Italy yeah. are eighth in the world. Scotland are tenth. Um, Italy have won the last five matches. So Scotland haven't been Italy since 2017. Yeah, and quite a lot of those losses, uh, including the last one in Italy, was by twenty-five points. So they've not been sort of particularly sure. close matches. So um, it's going to be difficult. And then you, you look at the Scotland team; like there's, there's some improvements. So Emma Wassels managed to come back in, but then Jade Conkles injured. Yeah, she's not playing. Like that's a really big loss. Um, so it's it's definitely a must win, but it's it's not a sort of you know in in the men's Six Nations like the the game that you probably think Scotland are going to win. Actually. Yeah, like they're up against it away from home, and I think Italy be really gunning for this this one. Well, I think both of them are looking for the win, and then it's Ireland in the final round away from home, away from home, mm. and Ireland are sort of they're sort of in that bracket with Scotland and Italy and Wales in that sort of below England and France level, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's interesting. It's it's probably worthy of a wider discussion, but like the amount of funding that's being, resources that are being allocated to Scotland women and ultimately France and England are in a different league that you can't really compare Scotland to, but you've now had Italy have come out and said the Italian Rugby Federation have been like, we are giving an exact figure of 350,000 euros to support our 25 best players yeah. to the World Cup. Yeah. I think Wales have come out with a similar... They've, they've made players professional. Yeah, made players professional. They have done, yeah. And look, it's, it's not a simple problem to solve, but it does feel as if Scotland are being like slightly left behind. And I know the SRU, SRU have come out and been like, we support individual players depending on their circumstances, yeah. but... I don't know. It, it does feel as if we're slightly missing the boat. I, I think there's been an interesting trend just looking at the Six Nations and sort of knowing how Scottish rugby media works. Like a lot of the big names within the Scottish women's team are um, basically going out there and not criticizing the SRU, but they're pressuring the SRU publicly to sort of change mm. the situation, which you wouldn't really see in the men's game at all. Yeah, and I think I think everyone accepts that England and France are like way ahead but I imagine yeah. it's like if you're playing for Scotland Women's and you see Wales yeah. Italy and then Ireland are doing this review and I think looks like there's going to be change off the back of it like mm. when you see that you can there's a very sort of direct comparison yeah and so I feel like they're probably like we've got the World Cup coming up yeah it's not that far away let's at least get parity with the teams that we are considered to be on sure a similar playing field with right and what did the SRU strategy 
can, three, three pillars of win well-being and women yeah well i don't know i mean a pretty ridiculous strategy i think but <laughs> the yeah. details have been pretty light <laughs> on the ground so far yeah feels to me like i don't know maybe i'm being i'm reading you know too much into it but the fact that so many s and like we know having asked to speak to women's rugby players within the Scotland Six Nations team and not not had any luck there. Mm. It's very well controlled. So all of these people that are going out, and they think there's too much, for me, there's too much talk about Scotland fielding a team in the Premier 15s for it. It feels like there might be something building there. Yeah. Like, it feels like there's maybe, like, yeah. they're rolling the pitch yeah. a little bit for an announcement. Yeah. That, that perhaps there's something coming up where, like, maybe they're not quite there. They haven't mm. quite ironed out the details, but... I don't know. For me, it just feels that they wouldn't be they wouldn't be allowed to say this sort of stuff if it wasn't something that was coming. I think it makes complete sense for there to be probably an Edinburgh yeah. team based mm. out of damn health in the Premier Fifteen. I think the yeah. piece today like, was yeah. talking about like I think it was I, I don't I can't remember which one of, which one of the the team was talking about it, but they're like you know some of the girls don't want to leave Scotland, which is a totally fair position. So yeah. like yeah, 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 and it feels like that is something that the SRU could fund. And it would be it would be a demonstrable thing. We are investing in the Scottish game, the women's game. Sorry, and like you you've seen in the last few weeks, the Dam Health hosting this under 18s tournament as well. Yeah, and like that's been getting I think pretty good coverage considering it was you know non-existent beforehand. So and good coverage from us picking up videos from elsewhere. The SRU aren't pushing it very much. <laughs> well, well, yes, I mean they, they did release the highlights, but you know, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. They, they, weren't they, were, they weren't pushing it that much. <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah. But I think, you know, these are two big weeks for the Scottish team, mm. the Scottish women's team to sort of, there's been an awful lot of narrative. They definitely should have beaten Wales. And the narrative that came out after that was that, you know, we've got, we have to win and we will win. Yeah. So it's whether they can actually sort of step up and, and deliver that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, in the lead up to the World Cup, right? Yeah. You want to, yeah, you'd prefer to have the momentum of a win. <laughs> yeah. Then, and then I think not. that was probably the aim at the start of the tournament, right? Like, yeah, one win, two wins, ideally. But you come out with a win against Italy and Ireland, which is completely achievable. I think you leave uh, two wins. Mm. I'd take that for the men's team. Yeah, Look, two wins is a great yeah. result for the men's <laughs> team. So <laughs> we're going to we just have the fixtures for the men's team at all. We talk about it. We Scotland, a bit Scotland England again opening match. It just feels like that is the... I'm done with it. I I, I know. I I want it later on. I want like a Scotland, maybe Wales, to open up. Or even Ireland or something. Yeah. Just to... I'm trying to think of like the last time it's not been... It feels like it's always England, or more often than not, it's England. I had a a lot of Italy, so we had a few Italys. I think the last one before the England game was Italy, and we had obviously Scotland Ireland 2017 Mm. at home. Which we won. Which we won. I was also at that. Um... Can't think. Twenty eighteen was Scotland Wales when we got when I was I was there. Oh yeah, and we and we, lost that like was 34, a disaster. Seven. Yeah. yeah. So there has been a mix. That previously. was the yeah. That was the Chris Harris debut. Mm. Not debut, but like proper yeah, debut. Proper debut. Starting Hugh Jones debut. Yeah. Hugh Jones. 12. Harrison Jones at twelve, which I still think could have worked, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we um, used to, I don't know how long ago it was, but we used to start off with France as well. Yeah. I mean, that might be in Frank Haddon days, to be fair. But, but yeah. It would be nice just to 
change things up slightly. Feels like different kind of tours to start off the Six Nations. England away, Wales at home, first two, and then France. I mean, that is the exact France the away. same as two years ago. Yeah. Um, and the reverse of what happened this year as well. And we obviously went out to France in 2015 for the first match of Six Nations for yep. Scotland and France back in the day. And then we've been relegated to the Wooden Spoon. Yeah, the Super, sa- the super Saturday 12.30 kickoff that everyone's... The, the broadcasters are like, that is not the one that's going to be deciding the tournament. Just <laughs> secure the Grand Slam nice and early and then you've got the rest of the day ahead of you. <laughs> Can big, you imagine big that? Big day though? out. Can you imagine that? Grand Slam sewn up by 2.30. Big, big, it's a big day sesh. Yeah. Cue outside fingers at 4 p.m. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally like battering down the door to like get into fingers. But yeah. It did feel like the Six Nations was like, we've got a huge announcement. I'm like, it feels a you little... Were quite, you were quite excited about it. I was that. like, what are they going to say? I, I mean, it felt a little early to bring the fixtures out for next year. You'd think yeah. you'd sort of drop that maybe like back end of the calendar year. To try and sort what's, of like, what's your best outcome that they've like released a NFT, NFT or something, <laughs> or like they've they've, they've uh, coined their they minted their own cryptocurrency or something. Six Nations Metaverse, exactly. That yeah. is genuinely the best outcome. Yeah, I guess that's true. I th- I thought maybe like a new sp- maybe like a new sponsor. I don't know. Murphy's. Murphy's Six Nations. <laughs> yeah, Mur- <laughs> Murphy's have paid it over the odds to oust Guinness. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I feel like Six Nations must really struggle. Like, literally, whoever's running the social for like, the next nine months is like, how? what do I say yeah. for like the next nine months to like keep any level of engagement? Well, they, like, relevance? Do they not always tweet things like, oh, God, so bored with that weekend of any Six Nations <laughs> rugby. And everyone's like, Oh, there's club rugby, you like idiot. For, like 42 weekends of the year being like, oh God, I can't believe there's no Six Nations this weekend. <laughs> anyway, I believe that we've probably talked enough for this evening. Um, we will be back next week. Will we be back next week? Maybe. Maybe. Could do. We'll make a decision. Keep an eye on our socials. That's Twitter, at Thistle rugby pod on instagram thistle underscore uh, rugby pod but matt will definitely be back with his award-winning awards to be decided but certainly a good newsletter on substack um so make sure you subscribe to that we'll put it out on all our channels as well the the one thing you should read this week is definitely the urc's press release about their um trophy so we will definitely be promoting that it's unbelievable um otherwise we'll chat to you soon cheers even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.